Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. of Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know. It's a show where musical lovers talk about musicals and all the wonderful lessons that we have learned from watching them and loving them. My name is Miranda. With me at the table today, producer Zane is back. This is already gone a little wobbly. (laughs) (laughs) No worry, I'm here. I'll save the day. Oh, okay. Um, Zane wasn't on our last episode uh, because I forgot to introduce him (laughs) and I only just... Learned that now. So, um, welcome back, Zane. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. Where holiday. have you been? What have you been doing? <laughs> I was pushing some buttons. Wow. Silently you... because you were pressed to I be was doing that. Typing out some uh, some suggestions. You, and were. you did a great job. I appreciate job. your suggestions. Yeah. Um, everyone has missed you. And now that I'm hosting two episodes in a row, everyone misses KB. Uh, shout out to KB, who's not with us today. Hey, KB. <laughs> Julie's here. Hey, Julie. I sure am. Hey, hey, hey. Julie Eisentrager, how are you? It's the one. Don't. Don't wear it out. That's my name. Don't wear it out. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you right. can wear it out if you want to. It's this fine. has gone off the rails. The one, the only, Julia Eisendrager. Yeah. Yeah. And with us today, a very special guest to talk about a very special show. It is... Matt Young. How could you possibly think that you were going to mispronounce Matt Young? No, it's just my thing now that I let the guests say it. I see. He's, How are you, Matt? I'm very well, thank you. I'm a little bit nervous because I'm like super excited, but I'm afraid to... You know, give you misinformation or wrong don't, information, uh, but don't I'm worry. Excited. I give misinformation all the time. Don't be afraid. Um, don't worry. I, our fans very rarely shred us online for misinformation. If there's metaphors as well, I'm not going to get them. Just heads up. Most this of this show is show metaphors. Is, that's why I probably hate it. <laughs> you just don't quite get it. You don't get I it. Don't stupid. And um, what are we talking about today, Matt? Today we are talking about Kiss of the Spider Woman, which was a very popular, well, maybe not so popular musical. (laughs) It was. No, it was, past tense, a very popular musical. It did actually do quite well when it eventually opened on Broadway. And we'll uh, talk a little bit more about the... um, The history. Interesting road to the stage that this show had. Um, It. we'll, We'll talk about it later. First, we have to get to know you, Matt. Are you ready? Oh, yes. Hello. It's the getting to know you segment with da, da, me, da, da, da. Miranda Selwood. It's time. It was short and sweet today. Um, so I'm just going to ask you a series of questions about your personal life and oh, um, <laughs> judge you on your answers. All right. Fantastic. Okay. Love it. Being <clears throat> judge, go for it. Which musical character would other people compare you to? Okay. Now, I've thought long and hard about all these questions. Um, I'm excited. And I... 
I think that a lot of people would um, compare me to the dad from Fun Home, simply because oh. I'm a homosexual and I'm also a parent. Simply because. <laughs> but are you a good parent? I well. This is a subjective question. <laughs> I don't know. Ask my kids. <laughs> okay. Um, we have your kids on the line. Are you there? No, sorry. Yeah, we don't. We don't. I'm, not, I'm not sure that the father in Fun Home would no, there's think a lot that of reasons. he's a, a no. good parent. Well, he's, he's, there's, uh, there's so many reasons about that. Have you had a Fun Home <laughs> we episode We have had yet? a Fun Home episode, okay, so yes. no spoilers But here. I mean, but there's a lot of stoicism <laughs> about him that people sort yeah. of, like I have an evenness of temper that perhaps people might associate with it. Perhaps even a disassociated sort of feeling. So <laughs> I, I'm not playing myself in a very good light. No, no, it's but, not or, you. This is other people. Or if not him, I would be... Belle's dad in Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> that's, oh, nice. that's lovely. That's adorable. Yeah. See, I find See, that now that's a nice one. Yeah. Um, are you, I mean, traditionally a little tall for that role? Because you're quite a tall oh. man. And is, we can have a tall, crazy Maurice. That's well, fine. Just, you know, well, in I've, the I've film, often he's thought about quite that. Yes. Sure. And, and, and Into the Woods, they always say about the baker that he's a very little man. Mm. Yes, but sometimes <laughs> there's been actors that. You know, oh yeah, over taller than me. Six I just two, had a very tall baker. Little in a different way. Ah, boom! Metaphorical, metaphorical little. <laughs> yeah, small Julie's man. Okay, which musical character would you like uh, other people to compare you to? Okay, this is easy. So I saw The Little Mermaid on Broadway okay. with mm. um, Norm Lewis, who is this absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous man. Isn't he just? Oh. Googled him less than I And he was like, ago. you know, and he was topless, you know, in the show mm. and King Triton. And man, he's a good looking fella with a great singing voice and a great actor. And I want to be him. So I would King Triton or King specifically King Norm Triton. Lewis? Oh, oh, my, my, my. Norm Lewis as King Triton. Okay, that's, no, I'm, I'm oh, going to pay it. Do yourself a favour, Google Norm Lewis King Triton. It is delightful. <laughs> Julie's having a great time over there with her laptop. And um, while she's doing that, we'll ask the next question. What is your dream role? Uh, well, that would have to be Sweeney Todd. Yeah. In the musical Sweeney Todd by yes. a certain composer named Stephen Sondheim. Sondheim. Mm. I haven't ever heard of him. Is he new? I think he's mm. been around for a little bit. Up yeah. and coming. Yeah. <laughs> Up and coming. He's so old, you guys. <laughs> he, he. Oh, is he really new? <laughs> no, I just, I just have to like, every time I think of Stephen Sondheim, I'm like, oh no, he's old. Oh, uh, it's oh. sad. It's same sad. with it's like, fine. I have the same feeling with uh, Maggie Smith. It's like, oh no, she's old. But, she's but if you don't think old. about it, it's fine. No, but that's the first thing that pops into my head. Anyway, that's my problem. But I'm, dra- I'm drawn to dark characters and actually I've been desperate to play Sweeney forever and ever and ever and ever. And then um, in Sydney, I used to work with the new theatre in Newtown and they announced that they were going to do Sweeney Todd and I was leaving Sydney. I was moving out, <gasps> out of the state for the year. No. And so Justin Stewart caught up, played it and he was fantastic. I actually got to see the production and he was amazing. But I was like, oh, it could have been me. me. But it will come back. I'm young. I'm only 48. Well, there's, so yeah, there's no back. cap on how old Sweeney can be. Somebody, somebody played him not that long ago. And I thought to myself, you know, if there was an age limit for Sweeney, <laughs> that would be it. <laughs> I can't think who it is. Was it anyway. like a, a Warlow? Was it Warlow? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps, perhaps. Um, I do love that show. That show, and Sweeney is such a complicated, interesting character. 
as is Mrs. Lovett, and the the pairing of them together is 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 meaty and wonderful. So I wish you well, and I hope that you get to do that soon. Well, and he also went to Australia, so that's exciting for yeah. someone who was not born here. He's like, oh, I've heard of that place. That's where Sweeney <laughs> Todd went to. See, you learn things from musicals. Yeah. And that's why, canonically, he has an Australian accent. In that one production. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my. Anyway, we're going to move on to your favourite Sondheim show. A funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Yes. Nice. Good pick. Thank we you. We were saying Peculiar. not that long ago that that show doesn't get enough sometime love. No. People forget because he did the music and lyrics, but he didn't do the book. And for some reason, people forget. But it's like the lyrics are amazing. It's mm-hmm. so witty. Yes. It's fun. It's so funny. Perhaps a little bit misogynistic, but very <laughs> funny. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> it has so many great female roles. And I've done it <laughs> twice. I did it once as an amateur and once as a professional in the same role as a protean so fantastic good times when was that the last time i did forum uh in 1999 good year very recent very recent yes (laughs) Yes. um i definitely see you as a hysterium if not a pseudolist well i'd love to be a pseudolist now that i've grown into the role um, Michael McGraw, who was um, Patsy in Spamalot, mm-hmm. played um, Pseudolus when I did it in the States in 1999 at the Agunquit Playhouse in Maine. <laughs> adorable. It's so adorable. It's so very cute. <laughs> I, I, We're like, Australia, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that watch time out, we did that <laughs> show? Yeah, hmm. cool. Yeah, it was cool, Julie. I'm going to move on. Um, <laughs> what's your go-to shower song? Okay, so this is really hard because I don't sing in the shower. Um, Which was also my response. But I have to oh be, so I have to be quiet. So it's always going to be something that has like, you know, really high pitched. Like, mm, mm, mm. What do you so like to hum? In perhaps the it would be, well, I don't even know the name of the song. It's from Hamilton. <laughs> 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 the King George thing. I'll be back. You'll, you'll, you'll be, back. be back. You'll be back. Yeah. yeah. So I probably People like da, 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 generally da. will be back. <laughs> sort of like I can go into that really high head voice without a lot of belt behind it. Yeah. Oh, so we won't go into the personal reasons why you can't sing in the shower. Um, I was going to ask, and then I thought that would be inappropriate. Family so life. Family family life. life. Don't, don't, <laughs> Still being mentioned, so there's that. Don't want to disturb the sleeping you, people. Oh, it's the same reason why I can't like full on belt in the shower because mum and dad would be like, "Can you have a bit of shush?" Also, teenagers are ruthless. They have are no they? concern for your feelings. True. Okay. You have teenagers, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say sing anyway. That's um, my my professional advice as a shower singer. Oh, I don't know. No. <laughs> I don't know. Um, we have one more question and it's the most important one. You have to delete a musical from existence. Which one is it? Okay. Oh, yeah. We got prepped for this, this question. One, this is like, okay, people are going to hate me. I, yeah. So basically I was, a, I was like so ready to get We Will Rock You out of there forever and yeah, ever and ever. Which is also <laughs> a great choice. And then Michael Felsen died and I was like, that, I can't because. Feels rude. Yeah, like Michael was so amazing in that role. And, you know, and we wouldn't have seen Amanda Harrison either, you mm-hmm. know, Kate Marie mm-hmm. Houlihan, like mm-hmm. all these incredible people that were in the Australian production. So we got, um, we got so, good stuff from it. So, we'll so keep We Will it. Rock is going to stay back. Okay. But the reason I was going to delete it is because, um, because that music existed before, right? So, yeah. like, we wouldn't have lost those beautiful songs. Yeah. 
uh, because they already existed in another format. Which brings me back to jukebox musicals and why I'm deleting Uh-oh. the next one. <laughs> uh oh. This happens fairly regularly. All right. The it's, jukebox it's delete. Jersey Boys. Oh, <gasps> oh you're lucky KB isn't here. KB and I both have very strong feelings about yeah, Jersey no, Boys. No, nah, I just. I mean, no. fair. Because I'm about to rip. Bottle, and the music, <laughs> the music, you know, is fantastic, and it was sung beautifully by the original artists. And I don't know, I just it never really appealed to me. If we got rid of Jersey Boys, though, we would have lost, you know, things like Dusty and other things that sort of copied it. Summer, the Donna Summer musical, um, but maybe not. I mean, maybe it would have came around anyway. So maybe. yeah. So I mean, sorry, Jersey Boys, but. Bye-bye. But you're not that sorry. <laughs> like, sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Plus, I can't sing, like, I can't sing it anyway, so <laughs> screw them. So, yeah, so, I was like, I don't need Please. you. You can sing <laughs> They didn't cast me, so screw you. <laughs> now we find out the real reason why. But unfortunately, yes, um, Jersey Boys is gone. Well, because I was very upset. You know, I, I love cats. <laughs> Adore it. I'm, I'm sorry. So... I'm sorry. You know, so yeah, yeah. This is, this is like so. What you're telling us is mm. you're a little bit broken. Mm. Mm. We're gonna move <laughs> a on lot a bit before we'll anything else it. horrible happens. <laughs> okay, Zane, push the button. It's time to talk about Kiss of the Spider Woman. It sounds. <laughs> It sounds like an epic Bond film-esque moment. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 It uh, is based on a movie which is based on a book. Which one is the musical based on? Ooh, that's a great question. I don't know the answer to that. I mean, um, I'm on Wikipedia. I would say it's probably based on the book because the book was written as a dialogue between the two characters of Molina and Valentin. And then it was Manuel Puig actually... Uh, made it a play before it became the movie. Oh, so the movie may correct. have been uh, based on his. So it was a book that turned version. into a play by the same writer, and then they made a movie, and then they made a musical. So it's just like wicked. Sure. <laughs> Except they're the same text, not adjacent text. All right, okay. Yeah. Yes. Sort of like that. It is based on the novel. Yes. Oh, Correct. Is it? Okay. Yes. Uh, on a hair. Oh, there we go. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding. Congratulations, everybody. Horrible Spanish. That was horrible Spanish, yeah. which is why I wasn't even going to attempt it. Say it again. El beso de la mujer araña. Ooh. Uh, but it was the movie that inspired the creative team to to come up with the concept and say, hey, maybe we could try and do something with this. Um, <laughs> but. But they did go back to the book for the source material. Mm. So um, it is a new iteration of the story. And it it went through a lot of edits. But are you able to give us the synopsis of whichever version you'd like to pick? Okay. Presumably the one that eventually opened on Broadway. In In two two minutes. minutes. In two minutes, crikey. Okay, um, so I do have the Wikipedia, but we're going to just ignore all that. No, no, just go So for basically it's about um, Alfred Molina, who is based in Argentina in, um, well, yes, the original show is based in Argentina in the 1970s, I believe. in 60s. 74 to 76. Okay, I'll believe you. Anyway, <laughs> um, and he, Molina is um, in prison uh, in a fascist regime because he has been arrested for um, 
sort of being a homosexual and possibly soliciting sex from a corrupting a minor from corrupting a minor excuse me my that's, mind. that's the back. one yeah um yes <clears throat> from corrupting <laughs> a minor and therefore he is in the prison cell with a political prisoner who is a Marxist and who is named um, Valentin. And so to escape the horrors of being in a fascist prison, um, Melina tells stories of Aurora, the spider woman, who Mm. is a uh, film actress who performed in black and white movies and possibly musicals, I'm not really sure. And so they use that to sort of escape their day-to-day life um, in the prison. And that's basically it. And then basically Melina, Valentina gets Melina to help him to sort of get messages to the outside and then it all ends tragically. <laughs> How does it all end tragically? Which is sad. Okay, uh, you, so you because, did, you had 30 seconds <laughs> because to spare. Because Melina, <laughs> you know, kisses up to the warden the warden lets him out to see his mother who potentially is ill but not really. And then um, Melina gives secrets to Valentina's girlfriend is part of the resistance, and then the warden finds out, and then the police classic kill Melina in the end. Yeah, the, he had a bad kind of had that coming. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's like a musical comedy. <laughs> um, it, well, it is fascist regimes. I did see somewhere that it was described as a drama comedy. There, there are definitely comedic moments and elements because just through the bizarre nature of some of the elements in yeah i'd say it is all laughable conceptually <laughs> quite surreal yes well and, and, yeah and perhaps yeah. this is why Cantor and ebb um were you know composed it because they had you know they had done the conceptual musical with cabaret you know where everything was framed within this sort of idea like we're in the real world but we're going to go into this other world which is the world of movies in case of the spider woman which was the world of the cabaret club in cabaret so perhaps that's why this writing team yeah um was brought into this music not sure um well it was a candor and ebb who came to it first and then they went to um the director Hal Prince who they had worked with previously and then approached Terence McNally uh, who wrote the book so they all came together and said yeah let's do Kiss of the Spider Woman this is great we can do some really cool stuff with it okay what are we going to do with it I don't know (laughs) (laughs) and you the early iterations of it really feel like they didn't know they um it, it played a game of why are you looking at me <laughs> why are you looking at me uh, but the they, final product sometimes <laughs> feels like they didn't know yes <laughs> some of that yeah sort of um yeah still feels that way uh, but they got the the show in the the concept of the show into a program at SUNY Purchase in upstate New York. Yeah, I'm um, mm. called New Musicals. I Who believe needs Wikipedia. Now, I, because uh, okay, confession. I, I was in New York during this all this time, so I was a student hey. at New York University from 1990 to 1994, oh, which is when all of this was happening. I wasn't at SUNY. I was at New York University in New York City. But we all were very much like watching what was happening. You can tell us literally anything and we'll believe you. Okay, (laughs) because basically, because they took this workshop up to um, SUNY Purchase. I think it was SUNY Purchase. And um, and Susan Stroman was involved with it. And she had just sort of, you know, become very popular. And, um, And then 
they were like, you can't review it, you can't review it, you can't review it. And then... <laughs> that's um, always that's, a good sign. Oh, no, no. That, Frank Rich that was from the New the York concept. Times came up and reviewed it. That was the concept of the new musicals thing. So they were, going to, they were going it. to do an, um, take a number of shows, four or six productions, I think, and give them an eight-week run to not just do a workshop but to do a production to try it out and work on it Establish as it a, a developmental stage, which is why they didn't want any critics in the room because mm. they, they wanted to just see what worked and play with it and make changes and use that eight weeks in the theatre. Um, yeah, they that New York Times <laughs> sent somebody um, and and then other critics followed because of where New York Times goes, everybody I actually must have go. the quote from the New York Times. And what does it like say? It. Um, so in his review of the Broadway production for the New York Times, Frank Rich wrote that the musical does not meet all the high goals it borrows from Manuel's novel. When it falls short, it pushes into pretentious overdrive. A morphine tango, if you please. Uh, yeah, see, this is my views. I agree with Frank. Oh, and turns the serious business of police state torture into showbiz kitsch. Every bit as vivacious as the B-movie cliches parodied in celluloid fantasies. Yet the production does not does succeed not only in giving Miss Rivera a glittering spotlight but it also in using the elaborate machinery of a big Broadway musical to tell the story of an uncloseted unhomogenized unexceptional gay man who arrives at the at his own heroic definition of masculinity and all the things in that that critique Last half. <laughs> no you know in that critique that it says a negative I view as positive because it's uh-huh. not because it's, it's not a text that realizes it's falling short and then just like doesn't respond to that. It does. It switches tone into something entirely different and more and bigger and and changes tone. And that's what I love about this is that it, it exists in this like you were saying in this weird quasi reality between two different between imagination and reality that is always going to be difficult to present on stage. See, I think yeah. where you enjoy it, I find it, yes. as he said, weirdly pretentious. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, yeah, it pretentious overdrive. And I'm like, yes, it's a that's cr- what this exactly is. Exactly my feelings. And I was like, you, yes. and, I, and I think maybe you need to be an uncloseted, unhomogenized, unexceptional gay man to buy into that <laughs> Wait, <laughs> pretentious maybe. overdrive. I'm not any of those things. No, uh, oh, you're un- oh. you're uncloseted. Yeah. True. You're unhomogenized. <laughs> True. There you go. Um, so that that review was actually the Broadway production, which happened many years later. Uh-huh. So the New Worlds, for want of a better word, workshop production happened. Um, sorry, not New Worlds. I'm thinking of <laughs> I'm thinking of something completely different than now. New musicals. Um, new musicals concept actually. Because um, <laughs> the Spider Woman happened, it got reviewed. It got panned and the whole concept died. Mm-hmm. So Aww. the other productions that were supposed to follow it and have their production runs to to workshop and um, I mean, I really develop things. Do blame the New happened. York Times for that. Like I'm so, putting a bit of stank on them. Yeah. So do Terence McNally and John Cander and Fred Ebb. Um, I would yeah, be it was, a, it was a bit of a dog move. It was it's a very dog move. But um do you want to know the next two shows that were supposed to get? Yes, please. Yeah. I don't know this. Um, <laughs> the next one up straight after them was The Secret Garden. Oh. Didn't happen. Um, <laughs> and then the one after that was My Favourite Year. 
Oh. Yeah. And yeah. Um, <laughs> so both of those are mentioned by, uh, I want to say, Candor? Maybe. Um, in an interview, a really interesting interview that was released after the show won Tony Awards. Because mm-hmm. this show did really well when it eventually Nominated opened. for 11. Tony, yes. Tony, Tony. Seven. Won seven Tony it Awards. Won, That's ridiculous. It won Best Musical, Best Book, Best <sighs> Score, Leading Actor, Leading Actress, Featured Actor. Uh, and costume. Costume design. It was yeah. also nominated for direction, choreography, scenic design, and the other one, lighting. lighting <laughs> and <design>. the other <laughs> one. <laughs> I do feel like, like you always have to, when we hear this, I'm like, what was it up against? Like, what could it have been up uh, against? The I'm having a look. Yeah. Well, the Blood Brothers, <laughs> The Goodbye Girl, and The Who's Tommy. So, uh, okay. yeah, kind of mm, fair cost. That's a weird year. Yeah. It is it then is between year. The Kiss of the Spider Woman and Blood Brothers. Like of those four, Blood Brothers. I think the thing well, is, well, that's why Kiss the Spider Woman got the Tony. <laughs> I think maybe Kiss Tommy. Has, Tommy was amazing. Has, has the Who's Tommy? The best out of that that year. It's a, it's a great question. The Who's Tommy? The Who's Tommy? Have you the not listened Tommy? to who's? the Who's Tommy? The Who's Tommy? Who's Tommy? We need to do Tommy <laughs> anyway. Um, we'll get to that another day. Um, so where was I? I was going to say something and it's gone. So they had done new musicals and then Livent picked it up, which was the Toronto group. Um, yes. And they did the show up in um, in Toronto. And that was like 92-ish. And that's where that Cheetah and Brett close Carver and right. um, Anthony Cravello. We can say sure. Sure. Anyway, when the other yeah. guys came on. And then it went to the West End. And then yes. it came to Broadway. So there were huge rewrites between uh, the um, new musicals version and the... Toronto, or was it between Toronto and yeah? No, there no, were right. rewrites. Somewhere. There were huge rewrites. So um, it's funny that you you talk about picking up on the pretentious ideals in the mm. thing. Um, oh, Kander and Ebb actually agree with you. So they quite quite readily say that they tried to do too much from an intellectual perspective. They tried to have the um, have Melina tell one story from one movie that starred Aurora as Kiss of the Spider-Woman that mirrored everything that was happening. They yeah. wanted that to be a single story parallel. Right. Um, which actually reminds me a bit of the City of Angels concept. Yes, yeah. Um, and then they wanted to have this whole thing where they only, you know, they Melina and um, I've forgotten his name. Valentino. Valentino okay. never sang at each other. All the music only happened in that surreal movie scape oh, place. Yeah. And I have to say, more. I kind of wish that they yeah. didn't sing at each other because yeah. this whole like I draw the line thing, where where they're having an argument about being in the cell, and it's a it's all a bit like maybe mm, what's a happening. Bit weird, but it's it's weird to me then that they went okay. Well, this this single movie thing isn't working. We need to give ourselves more freedom. Make Aurora a movie oh. star who's done a lot of different movies and have him recollect scenes randomly from all different things. So she actually portrays a whole lot of different characters and a lot of that comes from also casting Cheetah Rivera and working with her to develop the character to meet her stage presence. Because she was with it from Toronto. From Toronto. All the way through, yeah. Yeah. I think maybe I do want to see that first draft. I think I would be more on board with that through story. Well, it didn't work And, and the whole creative team says that it didn't work. But... It's interesting that they dropped that, but they had already... Sorry, they changed that rather than 
um, mm. rather than keep the um, that not only singing in that one space thing, which would have made a lot more that sense works. to me, but yeah. they dropped to that even earlier, saying, "Oh no, no, it's too." I think maybe in all the it's undoing is where for me it feels like it's gone wrong. They made like, too many. Changes. They made too many changes, and in turn, maybe made it more pretentious in my eyes <laughs> somehow because it doesn't somehow. poke fun at itself. But it still retains that kind of serious I think, look at the yeah. original text. So I'm like, if you made it all serious or all just a total, I think definitely show. too appreciated. And why I appreciate it is you need to be able to take a step back and have a look at what at at what the musical is saying about itself without direct referencing. Like the fact that he's pulling in into te- like uh, other texts that don't actually exist into mm. the, into this text that is then being presented to you you then like at least i do is like what does that imply about the world that he's in now sounds like a bunch of effort well yeah i mean (laughs) sure but it's it's complicated but But it's fabulous effort but there is sequence so i'm okay but when you pair it back yeah as we did in the 2010 production (laughs) that i was in in sydney at the darling Hearts theater company directed by stephen collier um or even the most recent production um at melbourne theater company which was a bit pared back like when you bring it into sort of more of a black box space and it's not like the big broadway musical Uh with the the costumes which were fantastic but I mean you know when you make it a I bit more I don't see how this is a big musical because the thing is yeah I mean yeah. It's, set, it's set in a prison cell yeah. which is like you know the size of the table that we're sitting at you know what I mean so like how does this all of a sudden become you know 12 uh, dancing boys and you know yeah. other costumes yeah. and all that sort of well, stuff I was so su- it's interesting to see what it's become I was then. surprised even listening to it but also you know looking at the synopsis that it's a big dance show Mm-hmm. It's a huge dance oh. show. Like it can be. Um, it well, it was. Yeah. It was yeah. originally. Yes. and it just doesn't feel like it needs that. Oh. Or, or is that more well, part okay, of? Well, okay, because the choreographer. All right, let's talk about the choreographer. <laughs> let's talk about the choreographer. <laughs> All right, so and um, the additional <clears throat> choreography by also. By, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, by the way, I don't think we've mentioned we're talking 1993 here that it um, opened at the Broadhurst. So this isn't a 1970s experimental theatre piece, which no. is the other thing that I went through life <laughs> thinking. You know, un- it until feels I, like until it. I looked into it, I really thought it was like a 70s, 80s. They yeah. they did a chorus line and then they did this. You know, the, it feels out of place and it um it me. ran for over 900 shows on broadway yeah um from 93 yeah. 93 it was on broadway right yeah so it yeah. ran for about two years yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway back so to so vincent peterson who was the choreographer had worked on madonna's blonde ambition tour and was also if you watch um beat it with michael jackson he was one of the knife fighters. He's like the white guy with blonde hair that like has the knife fight in the middle of Beat It. So he was like That's this... That's at the top of his resume. He was a, he, yeah, he was this like um, like really super popular commercial dance choreographer, um, which perhaps is why, you know, it was like the big dance show, right? Because he had... And I'll tell you, because I was in New York at the time and I was studying musical theater at NYU and I was a dancer and I was being seen for Broadway shows at, at the time because I'm six foot tall, I like fit like a, a aesthetic that was popular at the time and I was never seen for this show which I thought was really in retrospect I think is very interesting but actually at the time I was never seen for the show because I'm like a white guy <laughs> you know what I mean like this <laughs> tall sort of like you know English Germanic Polish sort of guy and this was a very um Latin show 
in terms of its choreography and in terms of its orchestration and all that sort of stuff. And the dancers that were in it were like, were worshipped across New York. And uh, David Marquez, who was one of the dancers, I used to go to all of his dance classes and he, you know, he choreographed something for a benefit and he became very popular. And um, yeah, and so it's kind of crazy. And of course, um, was it Rob Marshall? Rob Marshall. Rob Marshall joined in. Additional yeah. choreography by Rob Marshall. Yes, from... Um, Chicago, the movie. Yeah. And other and such places. Um, really interesting, too, that connection between the stylistic presentation of the film of Chicago <laughs> using the same device. Yeah, yeah. And real, like... I hadn't thought yeah. of that. Yeah. That is... It's and like, oh, I think, Rob Marshall, where did you get that <laughs> idea? <laughs> because I found Kiss of the Spider-Woman not too long after I really enjoyed the Chicago movie. And I, th- I found I putting that those devices on top of my listening to this musical i think that's why i fell in love with it so much is because that uh that transition wasn't too difficult but you also have tudor rivera so i mean you know again like you it needs to be a dance musical if you're going to hire tudor Mm, rivera Mm. which is interesting because then it was vanessa williams and then maria conchita alonza after that who were both sort of grammy nominated singers so Mm. what started with this and I, I saw it before Cheetah had her hip, hip operation and after she had her hip operation. Um, so she, sure. did, she did a devlape in the first one and then she just sort of, you know, smiled in the second one. Uh, <laughs> also, I would I'm, like you to amazing, write a song like, with the title Cheetah's Hip Operation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> operation. Uh, yeah, so I, that's interesting as well, you know, like how it all and you know, in bringing in, um, again, that sort of feeling of that Latin American dance and, you know, uh, yeah, fascinating, excited. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to keep talking. Anyway. I'm having Well, no, fun. because it was so interesting because then, um, <clears throat> because then when Vanessa Williams came into it, of course, um, after she'd left the show, um, Vanessa Williams at this point was known for, mis- for being Miss America, which may have pageant, yes. <gasps> and she very famously um, was disqualified as well because she um, there were some photographs uh, in a glossy magazine there were some photographs that were not very flattering of her that were published and, um, and then she became a recording star of, of course with um, Save the Best for Last which we all know from Priscilla um, and so when she moved into it that was this sort of new era for Kiss of the Spider Woman because she moved into it and um, um, Brian Stokes Mitchell came into it and Howard McGillan, who was like a really popular because he had done Crazy For You and all these other shows, um, came into it and they re-recorded the mm. cast recording with Vanessa Williams. Yeah. So the producers, at uh, Williams, McGillan and Mitchell in 94. So it was really only a year later, maybe a bit more. Um, the critics felt that that pairing, that you know, lineup was so much stronger than the original cast that it convinced the producers to re- essentially re-record and release a second cast album. I think it probably also had so to do with the together. fact that Vanessa Williams was like a known sort of like Grammy-nominated recording artist. It'll sell more as with was, Vanessa's name on As it. was Maria Conchita Alonso, <laughs> who's been nominated for three Grammys um, for her Spanish language singing, I Whereas believe. you don't get Grammys for dancing um, like Chita yeah. Rivera. Yeah, and so I think it was a bit of that like sort of like <sighs> how do we bring – because at that time, you know, Broadway was dying. Like, that was, like, the big chat was about, like, how Broadway's dying, like, in the early 90s. And so they were trying to bring in a new audience, and I think they wanted to bring in, you know, a contemporary audience. They wanted to bring in a pop, you know, a pop music audience. And Vanessa Williams yeah. would do Shame. that. Yeah. <laughs> I found out the really hard way by listening to um, the cast recording of Into the Woods 
that Vanessa Williams is on and also research for this initially um, for Kiss the Spider Woman. I, I'm not a fan. I just, I can't, I can't, I, nope. Of Vanessa? <laughs> not a fan of Vanessa. Sorry, especially darling. her as the witch. Oh, Some, mate. Plenty of people are a big fan. Um, you'll be pleased to know that the... Uh, Reduced production with a cast of only seven that opened in the Darlinghurst Theatre in Sydney, Australia in July 2010 makes the Wikipedia page. Yes, isn't that interesting? Congratulations. (laughs) Did you put it there? I did put it there. (laughs) (laughs) So watch out, Wikipedia. I am on you. (laughs) Um, I just want to share, I did watch today an American Theatre Wing panel with the producer, the writers and Cheetah Rivera, um, which happened just after they won all of those Tony Awards. And it's it's a really interesting... discussion not just about this show but as you just mentioned before about the climate of musical theatre and producing new work and um, they have a lot of really interesting discussions particularly with the producer about why new works weren't being done and how how the process was changing um, with developing shows so um, I recommend it to you uh, it, it's a little difficult to watch because it was filmed in the early 90s but get past the fashion choices and the poor lighting and just listen to the words but I do want to share a quote from Fred Ebb um, he was talking about the workshop opening um, <laughs> in Purchase he says in this interview we opened a musical that was not a very good musical I think we made a great many mistakes in all areas that we weren't quite together on the style of the piece. We were conventional and not very good. A big thing about... um, And then McNally, who wrote the book, said we were really lucky to have a second chance because we really had to go back to the drawing board. um, A big thing about this show is that style of presentation and the concept that is quite absurdist and I think that going into it thinking that they could write a a a very conventional book and put conventional songs in it in the conventional places was never going to work um but they they really embraced that opportunity at um purchase in those um those first early stages to put things up and look at them and see how they worked and one of the big things that um, carried through that they probably could have let go of earlier was these huge production values like it's a lot of money went into this show by the time it actually opened on Broadway but it it did really well um, and I mean not to you not not to keep blowing um, blowing on, uh, going on <laughs> about um, the production that we did in Sydney in 2010, but we did reduce the uh, the director did reduce the cast to seven, and so uh, myself and Jim Williams played sort of prison guards, but we were also prisoners and we were also other characters in the show. And what people loved about it, it was at the, um, the Darlinghurst Theatre, which is now the Hayes Theatre in Sydney, which is a very small um, venue, so a black box theatre. And what we didn't realize because we were in it was that people didn't know whether our characters were going to turn around and, you know, sort of pistol whip someone or turn around and kiss them. Oh, you know I like what I mean? Like, yeah. like it was really exciting for the audience because they just, they were on the edge of their seat the whole time with the other characters because most of us, like even the person that played the mother and the person that played um, 
Aurora, the Spider-Woman, also played the girlfriend, Marta. So like a lot of the time we were on the stage sort of in the periphery and people were like going, oh, what's, like, what's going to happen? What's going to yeah. happen? Which we didn't realize because we were in it. But people came back and saw it repeated times because they were like, we we're so interested in what was happening with each of the seven actors, you know, and so we came back to see, sort of watch a different part of the show, which is exciting. It is that exciting. is really, really, really cool. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> um, one more quote before we go, uh, on a more positive note, unless you have another bad review, Julie. I mean, technically I do, but you know why? You've already, why half on? You've already given it. Um, Hal Prince, the director who had a huge role ongoing. And this was the other thing. This went through four different productions before it got to Broadway and kept the same team, the same um, Mm. director, writer, lyricist, composer. And that was a big thing about, you know, that they talk about in this interview and that um, the whole team contributed. No one just wrote it and handed it over and that, you know, that's part of the the wonderful process of time has gone by that mm. is dying out. Um, so anyway, just getting on my little soapbox there with <laughs> Hal Prince and, and my friends, Candor and Ab, you know how it is. Um, but Hal said, we had a long and rugged journey getting here, being Broadway and winning Tony Awards with Kiss of the Spider Woman, but it couldn't be more satisfying. I think it's probably the most satisfying success that I've ever been a part of. And when you look at the catalogue of Hal Prince and then hear him say that, this show meant a lot to the people who did it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that it has a lot more um, depth and, and meaning than we tend to give it if you just listen to the soundtrack. It's one of those things. It's one of those shows you have to experience it to really understand it. It does. And it's a, it's an interesting show because it recreates itself um, constantly depending on what's happening politically. Um, because at the time as well in 1990, um, in, the, in the, that time of the 1990s, um, the, we had had a mayor in New York City, David Dinkins, who was African-American, and then Rudy Giuliani came in, and he started to restrict like a lot of um, what, was, what was available to people in New York City, and so it started to be, feel like a bit more of a police state, people yeah. would often say. It was also during um, the height of the AIDS crisis in New York, and so this, we were dealing with a story about this LGBT character um, that was sort of like at the forefront, uh, Melina, and so there were a lot of parallels, even though this was like set in a fascist, you know, Lebanese regime or whatever in Argentina, there were people who were sort of drawing a lot of parallels to current American political situations, I think. So, and again, then when we did it in 2010 in Sydney, Guantanamo Bay had just um, happened. And so that was sort of brought into, like our version wasn't set in Argentina. Our version, we spoke in Australian accents and uh, except for um, the prison warden who was African-American, and so we didn't say specifically this is an Argentinian fascist regime. We just said this is a fascist regime that exists somewhere in history. And we were somewhat vague about it in terms of the design and everything. Mm. Um, that lets people experience the story for the story yeah. and put it in the context of their own lives. They get to you know, learn exactly. more from it. Exactly Speaking right. Speaking of lessons, it's time for the titular segment. What have we learned from Kiss of the Spider-Woman? Oh, mate, don't look at me. (laughs) Matt, what have you learned from Kiss of the Spider-Woman? Well, I've learned a lot from Kiss of the Spider-Woman. I mean, I think it's important to mention (laughs) that in uh, the current political climate um, where we're looking at representation, 
that it was a really exciting show because it was dealing with um, LGBT characters and it was also dealing with um, Latinx characters, which we hadn't seen an awful lot of, it, it, like not, ex hmm, I was gonna say, except for in a stereotypical way. But again, it was this sort of thing because the Latin community, the South American community in, or Mexican or Puerto Rican or that the his Hispanic community in New York is such a big part of the demographics. So people were like looking for something that reflected who they were. And this was also, I'll probably get it wrong, and this will lead into something else. But Jennifer Lopez sort of, you know, was like Miss Puerto Rican Day, like in like maybe 93 or 94. So like this was like when like there was a bit of a um, interest in Latin American culture. Ricky Martin was, you know, a recording artist. Like mm -hmm. it was it was an interesting time. So I think that what that teaches us is that we need to continue <laughs> to bring representation into musicals and we need to look at uh, when we're programming musicals, what they're saying in a current political climate and how we can bring people from the communities it represents into our productions. Even the story, when we, when we meet, um, I mean, the interaction between the two men has a lot to say about masculinity and the presentation of masculinity. And in a usual Broadway story, it would be the homosexual being asked to change to fix the problem whereas in this one it's, it's the heterosexual who basically has to change to fix the problem in the story um, and I think that's probably the first time that it's really presented that way when there's really such an unapologetic representation of homosexuality in a, in a, in a Broadway show even though there's lots of representation of homosexuality in a Broadway story it's, it's like La Cage Four Levels without the campness well at least only one person has the campness you can't do Broadway <laughs> without the campness what are you talking about I mean this show has but a lot of camp like yeah but I think the, what it says about masculinity and homosexuality I think it's probably one of the first first shows to kind of broach that topic yeah um, and in the way but, that it did but I, I yeah I, I again I'm just going to keep banging on about the political nature of it yeah. I mean if you look yeah. at Wicked and what happened when Wicked came out and you know and sort of sort of if you look at the original drafts of Wicked and what they were trying to say about you know um, uh, authoritarian sort of press and, and fascism sort of stuff yes yeah. wait, um, wait, wait are you telling me that it's not a like Disney-esque show about two girls becoming <laughs> best friends and singing for good wait. at the end what? What? <laughs> but even if we bring it forward to Hamilton, you know, this like Broadway wants to be progressive. Broadway wants to reflect um, a greater global uh, movement and uh, sensibility. And so I think that's fantastic. I love that musicals challenge us and make us look at our, ex you know, what we accept to be true and sort of see it in a different way. Well, I think that's, you know, from the beginning of you know, human time, um, the telling of our stories has always been about that, you know. Um, even when you look at Greek theatre and, and, you know, it was about teaching lessons and, and showing you people for what they are and um, art and creativity is a response to humanity that that is a thing. I think that we hit this golden age of Broadway where they really just leapt onto escapism and changed what people assumed musicals were for. And musicals became the 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 flagship of don't worry about it, we've got sequins and we've got tap shoes <laughs> and you're going to feel happy when you leave here. You know, but art 
is going to come through with yeah. you know what artists do, which is tell stories and um, you know bring people something that they have to think about, mm-hmm. and that's musicals are an art form. Uh, personally, and I personally love the tap shoes <laughs> on the sequence. Um, escapism is great. The show has both, yeah. but yeah, and it's sort of the message of the show in a way that it, you know you can use escapism to to cope with situations, but you still have to actually cope with the situation. Yeah. The you know anyway, I'm going to stop. Well, I know it's <laughs> it's the power of metaphor. Like he's teaching. Uh, he's teaching experience and and coping mechanisms through the stories that he's connected with mm. and that's what he's using to cope with. Um, on a personal level, this show was my introduction to Cheetah Rivera. I had, oh. I had I was not aware of her Genuinely until I listened shocking. to this. Look, I was I was a musical baby one time. I yeah. I was yeah. I was late to musical theater. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't do my third wow. show until I was 24, 25. And you're only 28 now, so I'm that's only 28 now. <laughs> <laughs> No one knows how old Zane is. It's a mystery. (laughs) I've decided how old he is, but that's another story. (laughs) But um, but but, uh, I don't know if I can jump in here and tell you. Yeah, you can always jump in. Jump on in. But you do know that um, Katie Keem, which is the Riverdale um, spinoff, that uh, episode seven is Kiss of the Spider Woman. Yes. Yeah. Not even a clue of any of the words you just said. So Katie Keem. So Lucy Hale. Do you know who Lucy Hale is? I'm with you on that one. So she plays Katie Keem in. In Riverdale, Riverdale, She's, it's like the Riverdale spinoff. It's yeah. called okay. Katie Keen. Oh, and, okay. Um, and they and this they do like one of the musical episodes, uh-huh. which is interesting because they don't um, do them well. Well, but when they did Heather's <laughs> and when they did um, Carrie, like the high school productions of those two shows, like sort of went way up oh, when um, Riverdale whoa, did them. Wolf. So I... we're going to see whether <laughs> Kiss of the Spider Woman starts to get done by high schools across America because of Katie Keene. Uh, <laughs> I feel like this would be a strange show for high schools. The other two are also very strange. Cabaret's a strange school. show for high schools. Just because oh, it's set true. in a high school does there's, not mean we should do it. There's a lot of Sweeney Todd strange. high school edition is still weird for me. Um, but yeah. like, uh, yeah, as is okay. like lame as Junior doesn't need to exist. It's just like, <laughs> like Sweeney Todd has a lot of like levels that you can approach it from, and one is as a child, because there's oh. there's childish characters there, people growing up, falling in love. Kiss oh. the Spider Woman's just really adult. It's very adult. Very <laughs> adult. Like it's a, it's assuming a level of life experience and does not. Is not accessible to people who have not had it, really. Like it doesn't talk down to the audience yeah, at all. We're dealing with torture. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. It's, I just yeah. keep you know, sort of weighing that up. Cheetah Rivera <laughs> and fun song and dance and, and fascism, torture and fascism yes, and exactly. prison. Yeah. Uh, it sounds pretty good for school. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, any more lessons? Lessons, lessons. What did we learn? Not for me. Uh, lessons, don't let Frank Rich go review a show at SUNY Purchase. Yeah. Well, he, he can't anymore. Or maybe. <laughs> well, exactly. Dear exactly. New York Times, just, just when, be cool, guys. Be when cool. someone says cool. don't come and review this, and they actually um, they they went and had a meeting at the office. They went to New York to the New York Times offices mm. and had a meeting and said, please don't do this. This is what we're trying to do here. This is our concept. We don't want reviewers uh, there. And they went, oh, yeah, okay. Um, we're going anyway. <laughs> like, how you guys rude are trash. is that? Yeah. 
actual trash. Anyway. All right. Let's not talk about that anymore and let's instead talk about the Dreamcast for our next production of Kiss of the Spider Woman. I did forget to mention the titular song, Kiss of the Spider Woman, does mm-hmm. sound like a Bond theme. Yes. yes. Yeah, definitely. Like, I'm pretty sure you can sing the Bond theme song to it. Anyway, <laughs> Diamonds Are Forever, Kiss of the Spider Woman. Listen to them side by Bond side. and B films are not that far apart. No, I'm pre- with you. Pre-90s. I'm just like, yeah. it literally feels like Diamonds Are Forever is playing. Yeah. Um, so who are we going to cast? Okay. In this show, right? Are we going to start with the Spider Woman with Aurora? Sure, let's start Zac with Aurora and the Spider Woman. Okay, Zac so really? for me, it's going to be Jennifer Lopez, and if okay. it's not Jennifer Lopez, it's going to be Shakira, and if it's not Shakira, it's going to be Christina Aguilera. I'm not mad about two of those. <laughs> What's the one you're mad and, about? And which? Christina. <laughs> okay, she has an amazing voice. Okay, but yes. Um, so as I've said multiple times in the last two weeks, I've seen her TikTok of like. <laughs> It's not great. But she is beautiful in every single way. And your words are not going to bring her down. Okay. I mean, all right. that's fine. I'm, yes, I'm okay with that. I agree with all of those. They would make fine, fine spider women. <laughs> My only contri- contribution to this discussion, because I'm currently a little bit in love with her, is uh, Ava Noblezada from Town. She plays Oh, yeah. Eurydice. Say that name again. Ava Noblezada. Good no, job. No, no, Noblezada? No, no, don't think about it. Look what uh, you've done. I blame you for that, Miranda. What? That Ari- Ariana DeBose, who's, play- who's from Hamilton, who's playing Anita in um, the West Side Story movie. She'd be fantastic as well. She's she would, absolutely. She stunning, beautiful leg extension. Um, I do think I do think the Spider-Woman should be older than 20-something. Well, Fair. <laughs> because what we did in 2010 at Darlinghurst <laughs> Theatre Company, we had... Um, gosh... Someone. Oh my god, she's going to kill me. Um, Alexis okay. Fishman played it, and she, Alexis was under 30, and people called it the Spider Girl. Not very yeah, nice. I mean, it, it can go either way because it is. She was helped and nominated for it Dusty. It is so. fantasy. So you could have like this timeless character that is just however old. Um, but I do think it adds a little bit more to Melina's story if it is someone who maybe looks to be past their prime that is still performing these. these Things, mm. um, and but again, like that's the thing. Ava Noblezada is not older than twenty something, and I'm still putting her. But yeah, well, maybe that... we'll give it some time. We'll wait for the <laughs> for Spider Girl to grow up, and then we'll, well have no, the Spider Woman. No, that is true. I mean, we did have that discussion when uh, with Stephen Collier, the director in um, Sydney, about how <laughs> she was sort of just like this washed up movie queen. You know, she wasn't yeah. like a big star. She was maybe from propaganda films, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, it's kind of So it wasn't like, yeah. I mean, you know, Jennifer Lopez is like <laughs> a goddess. So yeah, so maybe we do need to go a little bit. Hmm, that's interesting. Thanks, Zane. You're welcome. That's the, that's the only suggestion I have for Spider-Woman. Did you call her Ava? Ava. It's Eva. Okay, well, it's E-V-A. I, uh, I know how it's spelled. Because <laughs> it wasn't helping my Google when I wrote in Ava. Oh, I'm well, very we sorry. Put Rita Moreno in there because you know. Oh, yeah. delicious. Yep. Mm. The whole cheetah connection. <laughs> she, she'd be old though. <laughs> the kicks, fine. the kicks just no, wouldn't like, be as high. No, I think they would be. Which, but I <laughs> worry about that. So she's got ambition. <laughs> anyway. uh, who else? What about the two gentlemen? Okay, uh, now here's yeah. Okay, here's another controversial 
thing here, and it's we'd have to talk to her about it. But MJ Rodriguez from Pose, mm -hmm, who also mm -hmm. just played Audrey in um, in an LA production of Little, uh, Shop. Little Shop of Horrors, yep. I'd love to talk to her about whether she might play Melina, which would be very interesting. interesting. Cross gender yeah. casting, but she's also, if you don't know her, she's a trans actress. Mm. And um, and if you've watched Disclosure, which is on Netflix right now, which is about trans representation in film, they do mention Kiss of the Spider Woman, and they sort of imply that perhaps Melina was trans, which I thought was super interesting because I had never thought of that character in that way. I think you can read it that way mm. without. It's, nothing's explicit, but you can definitely read it that way. But then, because I love Pose, if you haven't watched Pose, watch this on Netflix. I love it. So if we don't put MJ in it, we can put Billy Porter. Yes. Because <laughs> Billy would sing. Uh, he, he would also sing he would steal every single scene. Um, mm. Yeah, Billy was one of my suggestions mm. as well, because mm. uh, I love Billy Porter. Mm. Mm. And then, then we come back to um, Valentine, and I actually don't really have <laughs> my Valentine list. I Is it time for Zach? <laughs> Zach Efron against Billy Porter. He's, oh, yes. <laughs> oh. Oh. We have to put him somewhere. And if, but if, we could put, you know... Um, he can be the one of the prison bars in the, the cell. The bar? Yeah. That in, means he would be on stage the whole time. In darkness, yes. <laughs> Uh, but we could do Antonio Banderas, or we could do um, Ricky Martin. You know, there's a few. Oh yeah, that's fun. That See, I was actually thinking younger. And, He's throwing out some fun. Uh, Robin yeah. De Jesus, um, who's in Wicked at the moment, um, but he also did La Cage of Foal um, as the sassy housekeeper. Um, <clears throat> and in is the Heights. That, sorry, is that oh, the yeah, character yeah, yeah, name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's quite young. Or are you sure. being? Rude about it. No, there's he's a sassy housekeeper. Mm -hmm. um, uh, in what? Lacage. In La Cage Fall. Oh yeah, no, I just think of him as Hank Azale. Yes, that's exactly right. Um, <laughs> I call him Hank. But in my yeah, head. he also he also played Sunny in In the Heights. He's delightful. He's very young. See, and this is the exciting thing is that sorry to cut you off because we can look at um, In the Heights and we can look at Hamilton. We can look at maybe these actors that aren't as well known. Yeah. And sort of go, oh, well, they'd actually be perfect for this. And then if we bring it back to Australia, <laughs> I've got a few suggestions as well. I've got oh. nothing there, so feel free. So <laughs> I would definitely put Ryan Gonzalez um, as... Well, I'd actually put him either as Valentine or as Melina. Mm -hmm. I'd see sort of where he sits. I don't know if you know Ryan, but he was in Jersey Boys, strangely oh. enough. <laughs> played Frankie Your Valley. Show. Yeah. yeah, so sorry, we el eliminated that. But um yeah, and then um and then I mean there's some great, you know, uh, Latina actresses here, um, or uh, Philippine Filipina actresses mm -hmm. who have Spanish descent. So we could look at Kat Hoyos, who is also in Jersey Boys. We could look at Alinta Chidzi, um, who was in Chicago recently. Uh, we could look at um, Rebecca Selly, who is in um, Beautiful, who also is Ecuadorian um, and Mauritius descent. So I mean, I just think there's some beautiful... And then I bet there's this whole other group of people that we don't know yet in yeah. Australia, yeah. because again, haven't always been so great about giving under underrepresented people. I don't know yeah. what you mean. An opportunity to. Australia's. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Either, Such either. a great place that's yeah. not terrible for what everyone was the most who's not Australian like, I've ever heard Zane speak. <laughs> or you and Dodge, you know, you and who played, um, I mean, I don't really know him or much of his background, but he played Paul in the recent uh, chorus line. And uh, he'd be an interesting choice as Molina as well. So. I, love, I do love a Paul from a chorus line. Mm. 
So I just, that was my... Sorry. Jason Tam? No. <laughs> I don't, this was my Australian, you know... No, I, I appreciate it. Um, I don't know enough Australian performers. And I'm just so generally terrible at this section of the show that I tend to be quiet. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Obviously. Oh, good. So good. Stop it. Well, we've cast a it, we've cast it a few times over. Um, world tour coming to you. Um, Sans Eddie Efron. <sighs> Um, it's a shame that there isn't a role here. He can be there. He, he could be every role. Yeah. Ooh. I would like to the see one him man as version. the spider. <laughs> I think I think Could he be the spider woman? Yes. That's what you said. If you cast around <laughs> Zach Efron, you need to get less dynamic actors than Billy Porter to play opposite him. Yeah, it's what are you talking about? Someone's gonna carry the show, it can't be Zach. <laughs> Why are okay. you guys so anyway, we're gonna move on uh, to the top five list after this. Top five shows with spider in the title. Sure. Yeah. Spider Man uh, Turn Off the Dark. <laughs> I think that's that's it, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, this is on my I think top five dislike. Ooh. It's of not number all one. Time? Yeah. It's not number one. No we need number one. Of all time. Yeah. There's five musicals that you hate more than all other musicals and this is on it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, ooh, actually, I've yeah. just thought of a bunch more. <laughs> okay, let's say top I mean, 100. Like, I've been doing this show with you for a couple of years now. But just think about how much I hated it. Um, I think this is definitely top five cheetah vehicles. Cheetah vehicles? She really got to got to let loose in this one. Yeah. Um, and she she had so much to do with the creation of the product. Yes, yeah. You know, that and that pivotal, you know, part of the fantasy of it and the creation of that character and even the transition from um the Spider-Woman being that one movie through to lots of different style of characters from lots of different movies and random scenes. She was there for the creation of all of that and they were, it was written for her. And it was a big part of um, we have to keep rewriting this until it's worthy of Cheetah Rivera. <laughs> we have to keep taking the key down. Keep taking the key down. Keep taking In the fact, key down. We're going to have to get Cheetah's advice. <laughs> which, puts her, uh, which puts this on my top five orchestrations for Broadway musicals. I think the oh. orchestrations are fantastic. Yeah. Exciting. That was out of left field for me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'll let you have it because you're I the guest. Know, I don't know enough about orchestrations in general to really make a call on that. But I do I like know. the music. I mean, you've got ears. <laughs> but I don't, I don't have ears that can pick out different instruments in the orchestration. <laughs> I'd be like, yes, I like this song. I like that instrument this one, there. When you listen to it, you know that you're sort of like yes. in South America. You know, there's like the whistle, the dee dee, you know, the sort of Brazilian carnival sort of feel about it. Like, I think the orchestras are so exciting. Lots of brass, you know, blah, blah, blah. That was, that's another one of my Fantastic. lists is top five shows set in South America. There you go. Technically. <laughs> yes. I'm just trying to think of more. Well, there's uh, Avida is the big one. Yeah. <laughs> is that you, it? I'm like, are you disagreeing that Avita's nonsense? <laughs> no, I'm just, that's not up for debate. Well, interestingly enough, yeah. when we look at, again, the timeline of the book, the book, um, it's, it looks as low after Juan Peron's third wife, um, Isabel, um, after Juan Peron died, sort of was the leader for about two years and there was a sort of military there was a martial law and it looks like that's the time period of the show oh. um, in my research so it all ties back to potential. once on this island 
Oh yeah, good point. Well, that's, <laughs> solid Caribbean? point. Yes. Well, it mm. is, is, is so that Central counted? American? I yeah, guess. Central and South, like not North Let's American. Let's just go by what visa would we need? <laughs> um, Condeed passes through South Ooh. America. Has a brief stop. Uh, oh, it's um, not too brief. They spent no. most of the show there. Um, that's it, I think. Cool. <laughs> yep, that's four. Great. Well, that's all we need for a top five list. Oh, this has gone bad. Um, what else? What else? Top five? Top well, five. representation of LGBT mm. characters um, in musicals. Top Tick. five. Yes. Tick. He's a really strong character, Julie. Mm. Melina is really, mm. really well portrayed and unapologetic. Like usually, like it's a plot point about how they're ashamed of what's going on. True, and he true, talks true. about true, his true, shame, true, but true. he's not. Yeah, Melina is a really strong character. Anything else? Anything else? Last call. Last call. Last call. I mean, oh, so three cool. character musical. It has more than three. characters. It has more than three characters, but like, <laughs> it's really just. You those. just got written out. Sorry. No, no, I, I just had an idea. Fane just wrote you Continue. out. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, this is because you've got the Melina Valentin and the Spider Woman, and like, there's no one. Question. Yes. Could you write out? Could it just be those three people, or is that like getting way too difficult? Uh, Could all the other characters be played by the, one or the you other? You sort of need the prison prison warden yeah. because he sort of is a bit of a narrator, and that you kind of need them. You could probably. Well, like, what's the bare minimum? You, you could probably do, yeah, do it with I, six, I do five it. or six. Well, you could like, try it with three. I, you know, I, I'd, I'd let you go. Let's I'd, do I'd, it. I'd let you know double casting. You know what I mean? Like they just sort of would be like dressing them up. There's no five, three, one. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not of, mad about it. Yeah. You could do it all As with... As a radio play, perhaps. You could do it all with um, projections. Lasers. 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 Yes. Lasers uh, and puppets. And sharks with lasers um, on their heads. This show used a lot of projection oh, in its design. It and um, that, yeah, I mean, it was the early 90s. We were starting to get into that. Yeah. It's something that... Technology existed. That <laughs> technology existed. Correct. Um but it probably would have been one of the more advanced uses of pro- of projection in d- actually integrated into the design for um, the scenic work. Absolutely, which like is, the spider web. Which you know, is when why she was it got the song. Um, she was sort of like in this harness and sort of halfway up the back wall, and big spider web. Is yeah, projection is exciting. Yeah, yeah. I I think that would have been one of the first few to really embrace that as as part of the. The scenic design. Mm. This is close to being on my top five shows I would like to direct at some point. Ooh. It's close to being on it, but it's not on it. It, it flips on and off <laughs> because new shows keep getting created. Oh, that problem. <laughs> and I keep finding new That's shows. Annoying, yeah. Um, but I think yeah, this this is the one that I think would be lots of fun to design. Mm. Um, I think yeah. it's to, yeah, and it's on my top five list of shows that need to be revived on Broadway. And I think it's the Strangely enough, when we talk about like what's going to come back, you know, when um, live theater comes back, and you know, we all want to go see Annie, or what do we all want to go see? You know, uh, and, like the happy sort of shows. <laughs> do we? But um, well, no, this is interesting, right? Like, there's a lot of discussion about like whether it's all going to just be happy shows, and I'm like, well, I think that there's actually a time for shows that are a little bit. Now's the time. You know, are a little bit more challenging. Yeah. So I, I reckon push it on is, through. This is going to be one that would be really exciting to have a relook at. Actually, if you said to me, "Do you want to go see Annie or do you want to go see Kiss of the Spider Woman?" I think I would pick Kiss of the Spider Woman. Yes. Okay, so Annie's further down on you that win. top five list. <laughs> you further win. up on that top five list. I th- it would just be a more interesting experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I 
I was kind of hoping, I think, that after this shutdown period, this is this is developmental time. You know, Ideally, people could be yeah. developing so many new and interesting things and trying a lot of stuff that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily want to try with an audience first up. You know? See, I don't know if I we want this to come back to Broadway stuff. so much as I want this to come back. Off-Broadway. Off yeah. mm. to, to like a smaller, more intimate house yeah. with kind of a, a restaging that is more intimate and, yeah, focuses more on, on the story, less on the spectacle. Um, but, yeah, definitely I would love for it to be restaged. Like the Don Moore, <coughs> Don Moore yes. warehouse yeah. Yeah. production. <laughs> <world. Yeah. laughs> Maybe it can go at New Worlds stages. <laughs> Since I keep making that mistake when I refer to, <laughs> um, okay. Any last last ditch? Top fives. Uh, we're still no. top fives. No, we're done. We're done. We're done. Okay, we're done. We made it to the end because it's the Bible Wait, what? <laughs> I have so much more to say. No, you'll have to post it on our social media later. Thank you very much for coming on. Did you have fun? I had a great time. Like oh. I, I could talk about this show until I'm blue in the face. So. <laughs> I mean, you until can the do Spider that. Woman. Bit me and I turn blue in the face. You just oh. have like random thoughts with that, and you can just like record it, and then we'll just put it on our Patreon. I will <laughs> I'll wake up in the middle of the night tonight. And I'll be like, blah blah blah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not mad about that. Just just post video messages on our social media. Yeah, um, you can find our social media. Just why uh, we're on the Facebook at Musicals Taught Me Everything. I know you got to type that whole thing out, or you could just like search Musicals Taught. And it'll probably come up. Um, at Musicals Teach Me on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to send us an email, Musicals Taught Me Podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to be one of the best people in the world, you can become a Patreon by going to patreon.com. Uh, be a patron of the arts. If you don't want to support us, support somebody else. Go there, check out lots of lots of stuff. Yeah, Heaps artists of are podcasts. struggling. Give them give them money. Yeah, this is a great time to do that. Um is there anything you wanted to plug? Where can we find you? If you yeah. want to know more about me, <laughs> you can look. If you up. want to send Matt money, <laughs> here's his bank details. Okay, everyone, get your pen out. No, sorry. Well, you can just look Matt Young actor like across my socials, and then I also, strangely enough, have a podcast. Oh my gosh! Um, okay. It's part of the That's Not Canon Network, and that is called The Story Chanda, and that is a um, like people told unbelievable true stories from their lives on this so that's the story chanda across all social media and it's back to being a live event now and we're back to a live event at yeah. backdock arts in brisbane that's we're lucky to be in queen's july yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's how you, you can, can find can... out about me or you can go to obsessed with kiss of the spot no i'm kidding <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. My new handle, uh, Kiss of the Speedy Woman. Um, cool. <laughs> Thanks. I don't know where that came from. Kiss of the Speedy Woman. K-O-T-S-W. The Speedy Woman. I said a spider yeah. and a funny... Yeah. I've okay. stopped dwelling. My name is Miranda. Thank you for listening to the episode today. Um, also here was Julie Eisentrager yeah, and Sam Seaweber. That's me. We'll be back with more musicals next time. Thanks, Matt. Till then, don't forget to give artists money. Okay, bye. 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 (laughs) Take care. Ciao. Hello, all you beautiful people. I'm Jared, and I'm the host with the most of That Random Podcast. Have you ever wondered what nurses do when they aren't saving lives? Or what DJs do when they aren't spinning decks? Each week, me and a guest, and along with you, the listener, will dissect and look deep into these types of topics. 
It's heartfelt, funny, and filled with <laughs> OMG moments. But I won't tell you any. You'll have to come and listen for yourself. Just search that random podcast and have fun listening. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.